but there, again, there are days in my life where I'm just like, hey, this isn't good. And I, I want to remind you of a story one time. I, uh, my wife and I had just received a couple um, young colts. They were yearling colts. And we lived in Ada. We had received these young colts from her grandpa who had given them to us. They'd never really been touched. Um, and we got them from him. We took them to Ada. Actually, Heather and I were just dating, so I had my own house, and she was living in the dorm at, at the college, and or actually had her own house as well. But I had about an acre of land, and that's all I had for these two little fillies, these two little colts. And I didn't have a round pen. I didn't have any corrals, didn't have anything for them. So I just let them loose on this little half-acre kind of a lot. I mean, our house kind of divided it. I let them go on this half-acre little lot, and then I figured out, well, how the heck am I going to catch them? I mean, I just let them go in this half-acre lot. How the heck am I going to catch these fillies? They've never been really touched or anything. So one of these days, after a few days of letting them just kind of get acclimated, I decided, well, I'm going to go try to catch them. Well, that, it, I couldn't catch them with my hands, and I couldn't just walk up to them. So I decided, well, I'm going to rope them. And so I grabbed a rope, and I'm, again, I'm in a half-acre lot. It's not like it's a little corral, like I'm getting pinned up in the corner. So I'm out there, and I'm rubbing after these colts, and I'm trying to rope one of them. Finally, after about two hours, it's probably not that long, but after it felt like two hours because I was old and fat back then, and I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I actually got one caught. But here's what happened. When you get something caught that's never been caught before, guess what it wants to do? It wants to run. And, and I'm not achieving Have you ever been uh, uh, ha- having a hold of something that got you into that run where you're so out of, you know, it's that run that's way too fast for human legs? Anybody ever been in that situation? I mean, you're just like running, and you're like doing the heavy stride, and you're just like, I mean, it's just way too fast. And you know the neighbors are watching, and you know they're laughing their heads off at you, but you're just like so out of control. Well, I had the rope, and I kept a hold of the rope, and I, this, this horse got turned from me, took off running, and I'm doing the out of control run. <laughs> and I'm fixing to bite it. Well, the rope slides and burns the snot out of my hand, and I finally get to the end of the rope, and then I have to let go because it burned me. Now, here's the, here's the truth. Some of you guys are here today, and you're at the end of your rope. The rope, you're going so fast, you've roped something that has gotten out of control, and you're at the end of your rope. It can be an illness, it can be a relationship, it can be, you know, maybe a kid, maybe just like, maybe in our situation where, you know, this kid's just constantly sick, something's going on, and you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you're a teenager and you just can't seem to get happy, and every day is a struggle. Maybe it's something in your past that you just can't get away from. Maybe it's something that's happening right now in your life. Maybe you get one truck fixed, and then the next truck breaks down. Maybe your one kid gets okay, and they get to feel better, and then your next kid starts coughing, and you're at the end of your rope. Well, today, that's what we're going to look at. I, I don't know about you, but there are times in all of our lives where we get to the end of our rope, and we don't know what to do. And you say, what the heck do I do? What do I do when I'm at the end of my rope? Well, that's what we're going to learn today, okay? And, and I want to look at a story of a prophet named Elijah. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going old school. We're going to Old Testament. So it's kind of toward the front of your Bible if you have a Bible with you. 1 Kings chapter 17. And you say, well, what's a prophet? 
I mean, Elijah he is, is the character of the story, and you say, well, what's a prophet? A prophet is this. Let me explain this real quick. A prophet is a guy or a woman that God elected to lead the nation of Israel when they had evil kings. Okay? This is the first, first kings, and then there's the second kings, and it talks about this time of period. I think it was around 300 years where they had these evil kings, and God sent these prophets, men and women, to speak truth into the king's lives and to lead the nation of Israel. Okay? So that's what a prophet is, and that's what Elijah is. And uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to read a story, and I'm just going to read the whole chapter, okay, so that you can get this story. So you follow along as I read it. It says this. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, and Ahab was the king, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. We can kind of relate to that, right? <laughs> no more, no rain. Um, in verse 2, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kirith, or I guess that's how you say it, the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The, the, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat and die. That's, that's a great thing, right? Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord, the, of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, O oh Lord my God, have you brought tragedy upon, or also upon this widow I am staying with because her son, or the, by causing her son to die? 
Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Is the truth. Great story. Let's pray together and ask God to bless the rest of our time. Lord, I thank you for this story. Lord, I thank you that it's not just some made-up fairy tale, that it's truth. And though there are some things that, that we just think are just miraculous and that we don't get to see every day, they are true and we can know it for sure. And so, Lord, today, as we come in here, I know there's some people that may be at the end of their rope. And Lord, today, from this story, I pray that you would show them that you are a God of hope. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us, and we give you all the glory. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys uh, watch uh, Great American Country? Anybody watch GAC on TV? Anybody? Like three people? Okay, great. Um, well, in, the, in the, on Great American Country, if you never watch it, they have these things called backstories. Anybody watch a backstory on Great American Country? It's, it's like a biography for country music singers. And they tell their story about how they got to where they are right now. Well, I want to do a backstory on Elijah, okay? Listen to this. Although Elijah was chosen by God and he was a prophet, listen, he had gone through some terrible events to get to where he was. Because Elijah was, was the, the man that had to confront all these evil kings, he was isolated. He, he was persecuted, he, and he fought battles, his life was threatened, and he was on the run. He felt afraid, depressed, and, and abandoned. And he went through, and you can read about this in the, in the other uh, parts of 1 Kings, he went through a windstorm, he went through an earthquake, and he went through a fire. Needless to say, I believe that here's Elijah at the end of his rope. And then what does he tell Elijah? What does God tell Elijah? He says, guess what, Elijah? There's going to be a drought. <laughs> I mean, after all this stuff had gone on, after all he's gone through, now God says, hey, Elijah, guess what? For the next few years, there's going to be a drought. I mean, we go through droughts when we're in one right now, but guess what? We get to see it rain every maybe three or four or five months, at least a little bit, right? Listen, in this story, they didn't get to see it rain for three years. Not one drop and not any dew at all. For three years. So Elijah has to go through all of this stuff. Another character of the story, and you heard it, was the widow and her son. Now let me give a backstory about her. Obviously, her husband has died, right? I mean, her husband's not there. She's, she's going through this famine just like everybody else and through the drought. And she was gathering wood for her last meal. She and her son would eat their last biscuit and die. I don't know if you caught that in there. She was gathering all these sticks. She was going to go make a fire, make a biscuit, and then her and her son were going to die. I believe that her and her son were at the end of their road. And then from this story, I want us to look at this. I want us to see what God did for them and what he can do for us today. Are you ready for this? Are you taking notes? Okay. Anybody ever, let me just get a poll. Anybody ever been at the end of your road? 
Okay? And, um, I think everybody in here should be taking notes then. Because I'm serious. Because you are going, if you're not at the end of your rope right now, you're going to be at the end of your rope. If you're not at the end of your rope right now, guess what? There's somebody that you work with that's at the end of their rope, and they need to hear what God has to say to you today. Amen? Remember, it's not my words, it's God's words. And as I prayed over this, God gave this not just to you, but to me. And so I want you to know I'm preaching to myself today as I hear this and as I, as I teach this. Number one is this. How does God show us what He can do for us? Number one is this. God provides help where and when we least expect it. God provides help where and when we least expect it. Uh, look at verses 2 through 6 again. It says, The word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I, the, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Listen, look at, look at that. Here you have Elijah in the middle of a drought, right? In the middle of not getting any rain, drinking from a brook, and being fed by ravens. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's a little unexpected for me. I mean, you got a drought. Most of the time, droughts cause the river or the, the creeks to dry up, right? But here's, here's uh, Elijah. Elijah's being able to drink from a brook that's got water in it. And he's got ravens giving him stuff to drink. What, what's the other thing? I mean, it's unexpected. What, the widow and her son. How did God provide for her? Think about it. How did he provide for her? He brought her another mouth to feed. Did you catch that? I mean, here she is. I'm going to die. I'm going to eat my last biscuit. My son's going to eat his last biscuit. We're going to die. Then this guy, the prophet Elijah, shows up and says, Hey, can you feed me? And by the way, can you feed me before you feed yourself? To me, that's kind of unexpected. But that's what happens. Then what else happens? The widow's son dies. The widow's son dies. And, and how did God bring him back to life? It's kind of weird, but listen to it. Verse uh, 21 and 22. Then he, Elijah, stretched himself on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. How did he live? How did he come back? Because Elijah lay down beside him three times and prayed to the Lord. I don't know about you, but that's kind of weird for me. Uh, but here's the thing that I want you to, to get from that. In points of desperation, in points where we feel like we're at the end of our road, listen, God provides in unexpected ways. And if I was a guy who was losing my son or my daughter, and someone that was a doctor or someone that I trusted was there, I would, I would say do whatever it takes to get him to live. Amen? Right? I mean, you would too. But it was unexpected. Every, I, I've been in those situations where I was desperate. I'm like, do whatever it takes to get this to work. But God shows again that he often provides in unexpected ways. And you say, well, what's the application for me? Listen to this. The application is this. When you get to the end of your rope, when you get to the, 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 the breaking point, 
God can and will provide in most cases in an unexpected way. Anybody ever been there? He does it. That's what he does for, for our lives. That's what he does for your lives. He does that for everyone. And he provides a lot of times in an unexpected way. And you may say, well, you know what, Bo? I'm going, I'm at the end of my rope today. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm going through something that I can't control that's way out of control. How is God going to provide for me? Here's my answer. I don't know. But I know that he will provide. And a lot of times he provides in unexpected ways. Listen to Philippians 4.19. God, listen to this promise. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Listen, God will provide. And oftentimes he provides in unexpected ways. What else can we know about God when we come to the end of our rope? Here's number two. And I love this one. This one's big. Listen to this. Number two is this. God still requires obedience. Think about it. When you're at the end of your rope, what do you want to do? Oftentimes we don't want to obey God, do we? Oftentimes we want to do whatever it takes uh, to, to, to make it easy on us. Oftentimes when the boss is chewing on you and you're at the end of your rope, what do you want to do? You want to chew a little back, right? Oftentimes when you don't have gas money and you want to... You know, you, you want to get some gas money, you'll do whatever it takes. Right, kids, teenagers, you'll sell your mom's jewelry. Right? I mean, you'll do something that is not, that's not right. But listen, what does God say here? He still requires obedience. Think about it. When you're at the end of your rope, a lot of times you don't want to obey. But listen to it. God tells Elijah to go to the brook. And look in verse 5. It says, so he, Elijah, did what the Lord told him to do. The Lord told him to go to the town, and guess what he did in verse 10? He went to the town. He went to Zarephath. Then Elijah told the widow to go and make him some breakfast. And look at verse 15. She went away and did as Elijah told her to do. What do you see there? You see obedience. Even in the midst of them being in this tragic situation, this drought at the end of their rope, guess what they did? They still obeyed. They still obey. And I don't know about you, but I would have been maybe confused. I've been like if I was Elijah, I would have probably said, okay, God. I mean, you got I mean, you're gonna provide I I understand the water in the brook, but what about these stinking nasty ravens? Anybody notice that? I mean, why couldn't I mean if I was Elijah, I'd be like, oh, come on, God. I mean, bring me an eagle or something cool. Not a stinking raven. I mean, ravens are nasty. I don't know if you've ever been around. I mean, they're just out in the parking lot. I mean, they're just black and nasty. But here's Elijah. And he, he's being fed by these ravens. And he doesn't complain. That's what he does. He obeys. He obeys. And look at the widow. The widow could have said, Heck no, I'm not feeding you. I'm feeding myself. And I'm feeding my son. But guess what she did? She obeyed. She said, okay, I'll go feed you. And she brought him food. She brought him something to drink. Remember this. We've got to obey. Even when you're at the end of your rope, if you will obey, God will provide for your needs. If you disobey, He will not provide for your needs. That's just the way it works. I mean, it seems like common sense to a lot of this, but listen, that's the way it works. If you want, to, you want God to provide for you, you've got to obey. If you don't want Him to provide for you, then disobey. Right? 
Remember what we looked at last week? What Christ expects of his huckleberry friends, remember that? He expects obedience. John chapter 15, verse 14. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. If you do what I command. You've got to be obedient even when you're at the end of your rope. That's what God requires. And so when you're at the end of your rope, remember, God has helped where, where and when we least expect it, and God still requires obedience. And here's the last thing. When you're at the end of your rope, remember this. God's resources never run out. Think about it. I mean, I love this one. God's resources never run out. Look at these examples in the scripture. In the drought, God provides Elijah a brook to drink from and meat to eat. He's in the middle of the drought and God's providing for him. Elijah drinks from the brook and eats from the eats of the meat of the raven until the brook dries up. Then guess what? God provides for him again. He brings somebody into his life to feed him. His resources never run out. The second example, the widow and her son only have one meal left, so they so they thought. But God provides enough food for them. Look at verses 15 and 16. It says, She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So their food, there was food every day for Elijah and, her, and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You know what the point is there? His resources never run out. What's the last example? The widow's son dies. The widow's son is dead. She's breathed his last, but God's resources never run out. Elijah uses Elijah to bring him back to life. And you say, well, what's the point, Bo? Again, God's resources never run out. He's got more money than we can spend. He's got more food than we can eat. He's got more mercy than we can handle. He's got more love than we can take in. He's got more forgiveness. He's got more strength. He's got more power. He's got more of everything. And His resources never run out. Amen? His resources never run out. Out. And you say, well, Bo, I'm here today, and I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do. How do I receive his resources? Here's, here's the answer. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Some of you guys are here today, and you have never placed your trust in Jesus Christ. You've never said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I give you my life I want you to be the Lord of my life. Listen, if you're here today looking for God's resources, and you're thinking, well, if I just start coming to church, then God's going to give me all my resources. It's not, all, it's not about coming to church. Is church important? Absolutely. Are you called to come to church? Absolutely. But it's more than church. It's about a relationship. How do we receive the resources of God? How do we receive His forgiveness and His love? We've got to trust and we've got to obey. In other words, you've got to give Him your heart. You've got to live your life to make Him famous. And then He will provide for your needs. That's what He asks of all of us. That's what He asks of me. That's what He asks of each of us. And so here's the question I want to close with. 
Are you at the end of your rope today? Are you in that out-of-control run and you're fixing to buy it? You're in a situation that you can't control. Here's what I want you to remember. We may be at the end of our rope, but in Christ we are never at the end of hope. We're never at the end of hope. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Nobody's looking around. We don't ask, again, anybody to to come to the front. We're not here to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to do anything to do that. But listen, how many of you guys would be honest? And and again, no one's looking around. Only only I am. And and I only do it just so that I can know who to pray for. But maybe maybe you're here today and you want to be honest and just say, you know what, Bo? I'm at the end of my rope today. Would anybody just be willing to say that just by raising your hand and saying, it's me? Yes, all across the room. Anybody else? I'm at the end of my rope, and I don't know where to go. Thank you. All across the room. Anybody else? Thank you. Listen. God brought you here to hear this message. Sometimes I wonder. I say, I say to God, God, why do you want me to preach this? I mean, what's the, what, I mean, what's the point? And then he confirms it by bringing you to our church. Those of you that raised your hand, listen, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, now's the time. Now's the time. You say, well, how do I give my life to Him? It's just a simple thing. He offers us the free gift of eternal life when we die. You know how He offers that? Because He sent His Son to die on a cross for our sin. And he, all, he said, all he asks is, he says, just trust in me. Give me your life. Put your faith in me. Confess me as your Lord and believe in your heart that I was raised from the dead and I will give you eternal life. That's his promise. That's what he offers to you. And you say, well, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't, I don't even know the spiritual stuff. Yes, you do. It's the only thing that can help. You say, well, no, I just need some money. Just give me some money. No, I just need a job. Give me a job. All that stuff will fall away again someday. And you're going to face that trial again. Then what are you going to do if you don't have Christ? And so again, maybe you raise your hand just a second ago, and you're thinking, I'm at the end of my rope. Listen, the first thing that you need to do is give your life to Christ. You've got to trust Him. And you know what? You can do that right there in your chair. You can just say in your heart, just pray to God in your heart and say, Lord, I want to make you the the Lord of my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I know that you know that I'm at the end of my rope and I need you. And I want that relationship with you. Listen, if that's you and you just prayed that for the first time, listen, we want to know about it. Not so that we can embarrass you again. We're not inviting anybody to the front. We don't ever do that. But all we ask is that you fill out an orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, and we will contact you. That's all you've got to do. 
You say, well, Bo, I've got more questions. I'm not ready to give my life to Christ. Listen, if you've got more questions, we ask you to do the same thing. Fill out an orange sheet so that we can contact you. You will never find the answers unless you begin to search. Unless you open your mouth and, and write it down and say, "We, I have questions and, and I need some answers. And so maybe you need to do that today. Maybe you're a Christian already, but you've lost your hope in Christ. You're at the end of your rope. Maybe you haven't been obedient and you know that you've been disobeying God's commands. And you, you're wondering, where's his resources at? I mean, if he's such a good God, why isn't he providing for me? Listen, maybe there's some, some sin in your life that you need to confess. And say, okay, Lord, I understand today that you're, you're going to provide for me if I'm obedient to you. And when I'm living in sin, doing things against your will, then you don't provide. Maybe you as a Christian need to confess that today. You need to say, okay, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I come to you. I come back to you. I want to stop living like the world does, and I want to start living like you. Listen, if you are here today and you need, again, just to speak to someone, I want you to know that our elders and, and, and they'll, their faces will be on the screen. You can contact any of them. You can contact me. And, and we would love to sit down and visit with you more about this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. If you made a decision today or if you, if you want to talk about something, please fill out that orange sheet so that we can contact you and get you some help. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for um, each person that's here. I thank you that even though some of us are at the end of our rope, there is always hope in you. And Lord, today, for those that are maybe unchurched, they've never been to church or they, they haven't been in a long time and they're here for the first time, may they realize that you are a God that loves them. You're a God that can provide for them. You're a God that can forgive them and give them hope. And so, Lord, I pray that they found that in you today. Lord, help us as we leave this place to share this message with an unchurched culture around us. And we give you all the glory. In your name I pray. Amen.